Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The portal opened in a burst of deep purple flame, singeing the ground below it. Once the fire settled to a simmer, she stepped through. The edges of her dark robes charred as they fell to the ground. She stepped out into the field and smiled. A slight breeze washed over her as she knelt down in the dirt and ran a hand through the grass. The sunlight was soft and warm and she removed her pointed hat to feel the heat on her skin. The portal pulsed and disappeared in a flash of darkness. She stood tall and gazed around at her environment. The field was vast and lush. A slight breeze disturbed a gathering of nearby trees, and the sweet smell of lavender and honey filled the air. She laughed as she took it all in drawing a hand to cover her mouth. She took a step back and felt her bare foot bump something hidden in the weeds. She bent down, squinting at the lump protruding from the earth. A boot, brown leather and worn, pointed up at the sun. She knelt down, skirts falling gently around her. She parted the grass to find, connected to the boot, a leg. She brushed away the dirt and followed it along, till she uncovered a body, barely visible, poking out of the grass. He lay flat, submerged as if he'd fallen into concrete. What little of him she could see was swollen and grey, with tears in his skin where rodents and birds had risked a bite. His mouth was open wide in a silent scream, full of dirt and birthing grass. The roots dug deep down into his throat and chest and spewed out into the field. She stood slowly, nodding to herself. The grass crept back to its upright state and the corpse was hidden again. She carved a trail through the field as she walked, following a familiar path till she uncovered a large metal hatch set into the ground. She knelt and ran a hand over the metal. It had corroded with time, rust rubbing off on her fingertips. She studied it for a moment. With a flick of her wrist, the hatch unlocked and began to rise. A breath of cold air sighed from the open hole and carried with it a metallic echo. She picked up her skirts and began to descend into darkness. 
As the hallways began to unfurl while she walked, she brushed a hand along the walls. They were assembled from mismatched metal, with earth revealed below loose screws. Metallic scrapings and dirt littered the floor. Slowly, the complex was illuminated in red pulsing light, beacons overhead. She held her hand up to shade her eyes from the light, and spotted a loudspeaker, shattered on the ground, beaten in and scattered. She knelt down beside it and lifted it into her arms. As she ran her hand along the battered plastic, it began to soften and grow warm in her hand. The plastic bent and snapped and unfurled a pair of dirty wings. The dove hopped from her lap and flew to inspect a screw sitting on the floor nearby. She wound deeper and deeper into the complex. As she descended a flight of stairs, she found herself in a vast room with opaque water rising to her knees. The room was lit from one side by a row of monitors, bouncing sickly blue light off the walls. She lowered herself into a chair. The screens captured the outside world, views of waterfalls and storms, canyons and forests. She smiled and rested her chin in her hand as she watched. The waterfall was small and fell deep down into a river that flowed on for miles. It was surrounded by lush trees and shrubbery. If she looked close, she could see birds perched in the trees, crying out, hungry. And at the very top, where one would expect a river, a woman was pinned to the cliffside. Her skin had grown translucent, her veins visible beneath. Her hair was thin and plastered to her neck and shoulders. Her eyes were unblinking and dull, all vision scorched by the newborn sun. And pouring from her open mouth, and a cavern carved in her stomach, was a torrent of water careening to the river below. She placed her hat on the keyboard beside her as she drifted her gaze to the next screen. A storm howling above a vast sea. There were no boats to fear how violent it would become, so it raged unhindered. The clouds roiled and unfurled over one another, hurling rain into the ocean. And far above, a man with white hair and lines on his face hung suspended in the eye of the storm. His arms and legs splay out in all directions, and his chest is pulled high, as if hanging from the heavens by a rope around his waist. The space where his eyes would have been were only empty holes, and streams of fog billowed from his fingertips and toes. Every other moment, when he opened his mouth, his head would snap back and a crack of white light would rocket from his tongue to the sea below. She nodded to herself and moved on to the next screen. A woman walked through the canyon, bare feet raw on the scorching earth. Her arms were wrapped around her stomach, squeezing and grimacing. But between her arms, sand fell to the ground, seeping from the wound she held tight together. As she walked, eyes shut tight, birds perched on her shoulders, on her head. 
Snakes and lizards and rodents scurried around her feet, and they bit her. They clawed at her ankles and pecked at her chest. They poked holes in her, like a thin leather bag. Sand poured from her wounds, from the holes, and seeped onto the canyon floor. The witch watches, screen to screen. An old woman screaming silently as her limbs twist into the roots of a forest. A person clawing desperately at their throat, perched on top of a cliff as the breath is drawn out of their lungs. A figure, indistinguishable now, silent, unmoving, at the heart of the boiling sun. Static flickers across the monitors. She lifts her foot from the water, looking at the wrinkles that have formed. A shout echoing through the complex catches her attention. It's him! He's next! She rises slowly to her feet and follows the sound through a door at the back of the room. Mother, are you serious? Get away from me! Her skirts slide along the surface of the water as she navigates down hallways. Hey, calm down. We are not doing this again. No, it came from him, Sam. You're going to get all of us killed if you let him stay here. She turns to her left and steps up into a dry hallway lined with doors. Light springs from beneath one, casting shadows across the dark hall. Ben, I'm sorry, man. She's right. No, Sam, I'm... Ah! I told you! Ben, I'm sorry. The door at the end of the hall is thrown open, and a man... Pale with red-rimmed eyes, tumbles to the floor. She catches only a glimpse of a hand retreating back into the room and a set of downcast eyes. The man, Ben, slowly drags an arm out from under himself and attempts to raise his head. The witch meets his eyes as they open. He stares at her, sweat clinging to his temples. In a wave, His eyes go wide, and he parts his lips, pushing himself back towards the door. But a sound tries to escape his throat, a shape shifts under the skin of his neck. He collapses to the floor, right arm spasming. He rolls over onto his back and utters only a gurgle. Skittering shapes move along his arms. His pupils dilate and then scatter, crawling back into his head leaving his eyes white. He convulses on the cold ground. He grinds his teeth and flexes his hands. Then, through a twisted gurgle, his fingernails are pushed out from beneath his skin. Pouring from the remaining holes are hundreds of cockroaches. They dig their way out the ends of his fingers and cover the walls in a wave. A surge of worms tumble from the lip of his boots, hungrily burying their way into the hard ground. His white eyes, glowing in the darkness, swell and burst as spiders claw over his eyelids. She nods to herself as the bugs scatter, running along the walls and out into the world beyond. With a flick of her hand, she traces a circle in the air. She lets out a sigh, ignites the circle in bright purple fire, and steps through. The man lets out a silent scream, fulfilled by his companion's 
as the bugs begin to invade their hiding space. His mouth stretches wide and a plague of locusts fill the air around him. How is it coming along, sister? Quite well, I'd say. The birds will be most happy. Okay, go for it. I should go first? Yes. All right. I have two ideas that are kind of similar. I thought of them like way not near each other, but they're kind of the same. I'll just start off with the first one I've written. So I have written here, Waterworld, a la Bioshock. In the first Bioshock game, the whole world is like flooded, I think. Cool. And so everyone lives in these like sort of steampunk style underwater, or there's just like one underwater city. I don't actually know very well. Um, but it's a lot of like pneumatic tubes that people use to like get around nice. and stuff is just sort of the basis of my first idea, mm. which is kind of similar to my second idea, which we'll talk about after. Okay. That. But that's, you know, it's straightforward, just like either it's like post-apocalyptic and then people have had to move underwater or it's just how things are. Cool. But I like I thought, it. It's a, it's world, a vibe. Yeah. The pneumatic tubes and like having to get around in tubes. I don't know. I yeah. think it's fun. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that was quick, so I guess mm -hmm. I'll jump into my first one, which, uh, given all the um, fire stuff going on here at the moment, oh yeah, um, uh, dry lightning. Oh, it's just a cool concept to me. What is dry just, lightning? Oh, it's just from the storms they get. Just, yeah, yeah, just straight up lightning when it's dry. Yep. Yes. I just think that's scary as heck. It is. That's terrifying. I don't know if we can find something in there. I feel like that. Like, just imagine living Could in a world that's constantly affected by, like, at any yeah. point, lightning yeah. strike. I mean, we've done a lot of, or, like, talked a lot about concepts of worlds where it is just dangerous to exist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's more interesting, like. It is, I think. You know, you've got inbuilt stakes then, which mm -hmm. I think is cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's yep. yours? Yep, that's it. Go I mean, ahead. We're speedrunning world building. Yeah. Now. My second one, let's see what I've got written exactly, is a world built all underground. So, kind of the same thing. They were independent ideas and looking mm -hmm. back at them like that's the same so either the surface is uninhabitable or there is no surface and cool. it's just all tunnels. i did kind of have an idea like that that i wasn't going to use but yeah. it was very um war of the worlds people had been forced to move into the sewers because oh, that's cool. the um the world on top well that's not what actually happened but yeah still i like that idea i think it's cool mm. um cool simple straightforward yep and uh, then my next one is the idea of a viral curse. So a curse that spreads like a virus, <sighs> which I really like. I'm not going to say anything, but you need to keep going with Fantasy High. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're a few episodes away. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we could do a combine mm -hmm. because both of your concepts are small and then mine are big so yeah. we could do maybe underground pneumatic tubes viral curse is that something that sounds cool dry lightning on the surface so you can't go up there or the ionized air that can just be an effect that yeah. is in the world it'll just yeah you'll you'll die yeah yeah um from lightning and then everyone has to live underground and i guess underwater or maybe there's just tubes going through the dirt yeah i do like that yeah i think it's fun mm -hmm. okay like Rabbits is what I thought. Basically, I mean they're dens, right? Yeah. 
We do a lot of humans. We could do something else with like rabbit people. That's cool. I don't know. Wombat people. Wombat people. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we've got the basis of... We don't do lots of humans. There have been plenty of non-humans. It's true. That is true. I guess I, my thought was we've done a lot of alternate Earths. So do we want to do more of those or less of those? Hmm. I don't eh. know. It's fine. Eh. Um, so this world, I assume, hasn't always been this way. Like no, no, yeah, I I don't think so. So um, there's an old world on the surface, and they've had to go underground. Or or even um, it was more a situation that maybe um, their world, uh, their home world, was affected by this viral curse, and mm. they were forced to move to a different planet. And this is the only one they could this find the that has one. this awful lightning. Or yeah, just like sort of a Stargate situation. There's like yes. a teleporter yep. that goes from one place to another, and this like, well, we can't go back. Yep. Tell me about the viral curse. What is it? Is it just kill you or? Uh, no, no. I think it's like it has like the effects of a curse. So it might start off with like really bad luck, and right? Stuff. Or maybe it just gets yeah, just really bad luck to the point of it killing you. I don't know. I feel like there's something else. Something to like it. with probability. You know, it's mm. like like probability is not in your favor and outcomes that you don't want will keep happening to you, which is essentially what bad luck is. Mm. As an as a thing, it's just but it's like, like spread from contact. Virility, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if luck is quite it because no. it needs to be more identifiable as For something sure. that's being transmitted. Yeah. Um. My see, th- there's a bunch of like instincts that I would go to with a curse. We have covered them all in uh, the past, you know, because my first one is like it turns you into a monster. Nah. Because it's like here that's is not the a issue. Curse. That's it's like a disease. For though. sure. Here is the issue with. It just kills you. Mm. It's a story ender. Yeah. Um, it's it's like we, we, we do character-driven narratives. And mm. so if we can't have a narrative about exploring this curse, mm. then it's just like blacking out a whole section of world exploration yeah. and story exploration. Yeah. So that's difficult. Making you more feeble, making you infertile is an interesting thing. Yeah. So like they have to... I don't know, reproduce through cloning? Is this like a sci-fi world with magic? Like no, sci-fi magic? It, it feels, well, a lot of the inspiration... When I hear curses, I think yeah. of like ancient Greek and Roman For magic because sure. that's Witchy a stuff. lot of what I know of yeah. from now. So I'm trying to think of like uh, the um, ancient, uh, magical Greek papyri, which is a massive mm. combination of different spells and curse tablets and okay. stuff from that time period. It's very... Very interesting, but I'm yeah. trying to think back to the kind of curses they had then. Mind you, curse tablets and stuff. I don't know. Sometimes curse tablets were like, "I want my wife to be pregnant now." Yeah. But then also, the language they used and the imagery they used to have that done was very, mm. Mm, ooh, very bad. For sure. Very sexist. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Okay, so why don't I straight up just look up some curses that's a good idea okay look up curses um and just while i'm looking this up something i also think of is the evil eye that was a big um symbol of protection in ancient greek and roman magic um just the symbol you know that blue yeah um symbol was supposed to be protection because the evil eye was a curse but then having that symbol kind of reflected it back at the person who sent it to you okay so Maybe there's, like, a lot of superstition built around this. I imagine this is... Because I'm thinking, like, a society that got to... Um, we could explore the idea of knowledge loss, 
where it's like they used to be quite advanced Mm -hmm. but have now regressed um and are living underground they don't they no longer have have the ability to like build more tunnels Mm. and stuff like they don't have maybe they have electricity i'm sort of reminded of there's a series um there's a film that i think was based off a book and it was really bad and it was called like firelight or something and or i can't remember um but they all lived underground i watched it recently i rewatched it after years and it was terrible okay they all lived underground and it was about this little girl i think i don't know yeah, it was like they, it was that that classic story of like we can't go to the surface because it's uninhabitable, but enough time had passed and she was like, I think we can go to the surface, and the government was like, No, we can't, and then she did, and it was fine, mm-hmm. and that was the, it. Oh, um, okay. But that idea that in this world it was very like they had to recycle everything, mm. you know. So I think it would be the That's same cool. sort of thing. I'm also reminded of the Doctor Who episode in. Uh, tenant, I think, mm-hmm. where with the clones and the fish people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fish people and the humans, and they had to continue to clone themselves, and they thought they'd been fighting for hundreds uh, of years. The doctor's daughter. Yes, exactly. The doctor's daughter. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. They thought they'd been fighting for hundreds of years, but it was like a week. It was. Yeah. yeah. That, sorry, Which I'm just comical. One of the curses listed here is curse of ham. <laughs> too much or too little. <laughs> I'm not gonna click it. <laughs> Flying Dutchman is also one of them. Oh, he got, is that like the black spot? I don't know. Could be. I'm not gonna look further into any of these. Maybe. Ooh, here's something fun. Maybe the curse identifies your location, and then whatever enemy they were fighting on their home planet can find you, like the wraith from Stargate. And so it's like, if any of us get cursed, we will get taken. Interesting. I don't know. Something along those lines could be cool. That was my thought. With Flying Dutchman, like, the, the black mark is like, mm. oh, he gonna come get you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, curses seem to just be, like, a bad luck thing, don't they? Yeah, well, it's it's the kind of thing where you're back constructing that you're cursed, sort of. So it's mm-hmm. like, bad stuff's happening to me. I must be cursed. Yeah. As opposed to, I'm going to wish you a specific and predictable cause, and then I can clearly see that it hasn't worked. And mm. so... No. Yeah, and I, I think when people, someone thinks of you cursing someone, it's because they have specifically done something to you, so you do something yeah, alike. So, so maybe, okay, why don't we think of where does this curse come from might right. help us think of what it actually does. Awesome. So was it like one person was targeted? Was it that this population was targeted for a particular reason? Possibly. So let's talk about where they come from. Um, this society is like relatively modern, but I don't mm-hmm. think fully modern. No. Um, maybe they have some like... I guess magic mm. um, in that they have like this portal magic sort of stuff mm-hmm. um, or maybe that's just that's an uncommon ability mm-hmm. you know there's like a wizard who can be like oh I do portals mm-hmm. so um, not a wizard but yeah something along those lines this is all spitballing um, hmm oh mm. um, okay why don't jumping back into one of my favorite topics i I like bringing nature and stuff into stories but we could do a whole um a whole thing of this society was encroaching on the natural environment on this planet right um and some either some natural face spirit cursed someone and made it this viral curse so that anything living dies around you Uh. to include food I like that. That's so eventually, really cool. so you would try to eat stuff, and it would eventually, like at first, it would just 
it'd be slow, but eventually get to the point where you'd pick up a piece of fruit and it would rot Wither in your, your hands hand. and yeah. you couldn't eat. That's cool. Okay. Maybe instead of like a phase spirit, because that feels a little too... It doesn't feel quite right. Maybe. So here's what I'm thinking is these people are like planet conquerors. Mm-hmm. And so they, they like go from realm to realm or whatever mm-hmm. it is, sphere to sphere. And they've gone to this place, or at least maybe at least they just they're exploring nations mm. on their planet. And there's like a native group of people that they've essentially, you know, done that thing that people when a when a powerful group meets a native gr- group, that thing that they do where mm-hmm. they kill them all. Yes. Um. And these native people have called upon the planet mm. and brought about this curse mm-hmm. um, of of withering to these people who are industrialist, uh, you know clouding the sky with black smoke something along those lines i i even like the idea of of just straight up a witch just making it yes just, just making a, it like a modern just, fairy tale i think this of, is a witchcraft a, style situation that was just a cranky like roman style because yeah um which is just like you are destroying this planet and everything yep. that's good here so a boop you're gonna starve to death now yeah um she she took some of the blood of one of them mm. and cursed that blood and then his blood and his children mm. i think passing it in the same way that like a venereal disease so like i think it's venereal disease like through blood yeah. contact and That's like cool. uh but also maybe if there is magic in this world then like healing spells even could That's transfer cool. it and so if you heal someone it transfers to you or vice versa mm. um if they heal you and they're sick they they curse you with mm. it as well um, and so it's, it's like slow and it amps up over time. Yeah. Like the longer you're cursed, it gets worse. Mm. Okay. That's really interesting. And maybe th- so. Uh, and I don't know then, would it affect foods that are highly processed or if not, it forces you to eat only foods that are highly processed and yes. you just get sick and die anyway. You, they are incredibly unhealthy and they have to live off of gruel. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> these people were on their planet and they, it spread to their whole population basically, mm. yeah. except for these like. I guess it's like a group of witches is what I'm thinking. Mm. Like a faction of like the Amazon sort of style. Cool. Like this this like witches grove. There's also in the Witcher there's this group of I guess they're just Amazon women, but they're just really cool. Yeah. Um so it's essentially that. Mm. Um them and like all the other people who are cool on this planet. Yeah. Um the the planet withers basically but like that in that way that like it, it it's a turtle retreating into its shell and then it can come back out after everyone else's all of the um, disease is dead, mm. you know, like a ice ball earth sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like what our planet is doing to us now. Yeah. Um, yes. So it, I think it is right, exactly, And rightfully so, uh, Yeah, to be as it should be. Um, as it should do. Yes. So I think that's, that's what's happened to this planet. And so these people are like, okay, we have to get away. And maybe they are helped by one of these witches or something to make a portal. Because I don't know if they're necessarily magical. Yeah. Maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe... Yeah, one of them is maybe a young, stupid witch yeah. helps them make a portal. There's like and... a romance plot in there or something. Ugh. Yeah, and it's just it's just like it makes a nice little enclosed story when you look at the bigger picture. It's it like, really stuffed up the you know like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like where we're at war for a good reason actually. So they they step out onto this new planet mm. or realm, whatever it is, second realm, and it's I don't think it's as bad when they get there. No. And then. This witch dies or whatever, mm. or leaves. 
Um, Maybe... So they can't go anywhere else. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. And they use their technology or, or whatever sort of earth magic that they have to build their tunnels. Um, they're, just, they're straight up like industrial yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think it is an industrial society. Like very um, um, age of steam. Yes. So they're, I think they're like turn of the century yeah. style, mm-hmm. but still in that age of exploration where they're exploring the world and, and they can encounter these witches and yeah. mess with them. Um, then they have to go to this new realm and then that's where you have the dry lightning mm. um, comes in after a while as they're, I think probably they would have weeded out the curse once they got to this new planet, they would have mm. been like, okay, there's like four of us who are cursed. Or or even only allowed people who are completely free of it to... To come. Yeah, that's true. Um, Just like the rest to die, which is yes. probably what would... Yeah, that's mm. what you would do. Yes. So they're trapped on this new planet and they have to dig underground. Um, okay. We've got this one world... We've got two worlds, essentially, mm. that are very cool. I think interplay between them is cool, but yeah. like isolation is sort of mm. one of the themes there. So I don't know how interplay between them would work. Okay, well, what if maybe this curse manages to come through by yes. changing what it can do and adapting? Yes. Yes. Because um, I think the the magic of these witches is intelligent in a way that that even if they're no longer destroying the planet that they were on, they're going to ruin Still, the next one. Yeah, for sure. So we need to find a different way to. So they, so they, we need are to... like okay, we are we know how to detect this curse now, and so we're going to take a group of like a hundred or less mm. healthy people to this new planet. And they do the test on everyone. Everyone comes back fine. Mm-hmm. One person has a mutation yeah. of the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that exhibits itself different. Maybe that's where the dry lightning comes in, I think could be cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of just... Instead of... Okay. It... Instead of just siphoning off the natural life energy, you mm. know, it pumps the life energy that this virus, this like magical virus has stored up. It's been mm. like sucking it out of the world. And it like, it pumps it into this new world mm. in not just, it's not just like passively. We're just going to take away all your resources. Now it's like, I'm going to actively oppose you oh, and up. make dry lightning. What if, what if this is a, me- this curse is a method of terrifying. Oh, that's that when cool. it, when a, an invasive species comes mm-hmm. to a new world, mm-hmm. they suck the life out of them, force them to move and use them as a means to re. I like that. To, so this witch wasn't stupid. She mm. was purposefully leading them to a dead world so that it could be So rebuilt. they thought that she was betraying her yeah. people, but she was like, no, no, come with me. And it now was they're the gonna, part of their plan. Okay, they're going to live a life of terror for like a couple hundred years, and then the witches are going to come to this planet and be and like, pla- welcome do it all to over the again. second planet. These, these witches are just like rebuilding all these pe- all these this planets is... that pe- people have previously destroyed. Yes, yes. And it's just rebuilding them. Yes, so they are... Um, Eco-terrorist terraformers. Yes. Eco, okay. Witches. Yes. Eco, eco, <laughs> terrorist, terraforming witches. <laughs> I'm writing that down is why I'm saying it loudly. That is incredible. What a wonderful idea. Okay. Wow. This always happens where it's like we fiddle with a concept for so long that it's, it's nothing, 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 something. Like, bam, yeah, it's just it's done. Something. Okay, so I think probably the witches are like the interaction we can have between these two realms is them coming in to like check up on mm-hmm. the progress, and then there's sort of political intrigue there, mm. or even the witches just just walking amongst these corpses yes. that are overgrown with vines. Yes, that um, mm. 
was just about to reference something from the game that I run, but you haven't learned that yet, so... Well, I'm glad. Ooh. Don't do that. It would have been so... That's, that's spoilers. It would have fit really... Okay, that's fine. When it comes up, you can be like, this is what I was talking this about is, Okay, so when... Three when years from now. Three years from now, when they discover the thing, yeah. I'll reference back to this particular episode. Three so years, bookmark it. Three years ago, three years from now, when we're off doing another quest that we totally made up entirely, and mm-hmm. you're just like building the rails underneath us, mm-hmm. you can be like, okay, we're never going to do it now, so I can tell you. Yeah. Because that's how D&D works. That is how it goes. Okay, Um. anything else we need to cover about this world? I'm happy with that. I'm pretty It's the content. shortest world building we have ever done. Well, there's, there's also a lot of gaps in it, but I think that this is the kind of thing that will get filled I in with can, the stories. I can picture that the nice little section that a story will fit into. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and I feel like there's, there's room to create more about this culture of witches, the well, planets they travel I assume between. that the first planet that we're talking about isn't the first planet that they've been oh, to. Oh, no, no, no. So this is just one in the... This, this is the the world building that we've done is ecological witches. Mm. Everything else that we started off with is secondary to yeah. ecological witches. No, the, the, it's, it's, the, it's this coven that is yeah. the crux of the story, not the worlds that they're on. For sure. Um, which is awesome. Which, which is awesome. Okay, now I need to stop. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, that was more sudden than I was expecting, but alright. Hello and welcome to The Sky Machine, a collaborative podcast... No, a collaborative world building podcast about dynamic, fantastical, and concise storytelling. Is that correct? Yeah, that was it. That sounds right? Okay. Sorry, there might be a few background sounds. We've been fiddling with the microphone for a little bit now, yes. and it is being. Technical difficulties abound. Mm-hmm. That's podcast. Also, there's a dog wandering around. A... Well, as per usual. As She's per usual. the secret third host. Mm-hmm. Of the podcast. She does the editing. She does all the editing. And it's amazing. Oh, I knew that it was too good to be true. Yeah. I was like, surely my friend cannot do this. No. no my other dog friend can do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to part three. I love part three. Part three is a good chill time. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting and it's fun. Do you yes. have any tips or tricks to start uh, us off? Or any um, words about this episode? N- nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> do I have... I like this episode. It's a fun one. It's very... It's the first like really short world building we've done. Yeah. We, we got it you know down pat real fast and then we were happy with it yeah um I think some, sometimes that happens a good example as well of um starting from one point not really knowing you're going meandering until you find something like you hit on a subject and go okay that's what we're t- that's, that's the yep. story that we're telling yeah very yeah. cool totally um awesome. i think there's yeah something to be said about being concise mm-hmm. so, there it is mm-hmm. um but i don't have any tips or tricks in particular this time but i do have a thing that i think is cool that i'd like to talk about that's also part three yeah yeah um so doctor who i'm not aware of this property okay well let me start at the beginning mm-hmm. um it started about 50 years ago There's a real in old our team. timeline at least <laughs> um no i uh have been watching the latest series um, with Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. Um, Think of Whittaker's chocolate. Delicious chocolate. Just, I don't know what you're talking about. You can't eat it, but it's great. Okay, well, I'll take your word for it. Um, uh, yeah, so I've been really liking this series, and 
because I've been watching it recently, I'd like to talk about one of my favourite monsters from Doctor Who. Ooh. They've only become one of my favourite monsters kind of like in the last month or so as I've started thinking about them more. You don't watch Doctor Who, do you? Not currently. Not currently. But, okay, you know what I'm talking about, I though. Will. I really like the Cyberman. No, oh, Cyberman's Which is, yeah. okay, yeah, I feel like it's not one that lots of people choose as their favourite. Well, compared to Daleks, it's hard to... You know, Daleks are so pervasive. For some reason, I thought you were going to say Saigons. I don't know why. Ew, I the, hate them. The big tongue pizzas. I don't pizzas. like them. Yeah. I don't like They're them. They're so nasty. It's so funny. <laughs> I remember my friend and I were, thought Saigons were really just one of the classic stupid Doctor Who monsters. And mm. they came back around mm. that time. Like, they brought them back into an episode. Yep. And we were like, this is wild. Yep. No, I'm not not huge on the Saigons. No. They're too much for I me. Think they're, they're, they're trying an too aspect hard. of the past, and we should let Saigons be Saigons. Yes. Cybermen. Ew. Cybermen are great. Um, I... Because with this latest season, Cybermen are present in it. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. because That's it, not a spoiler. Well, I'm <laughs> literally... all the time. No, I'm, I'm... No, no. I mean, they are prominent in this season. Okay, cool. And I'm not going to spoil it. Cons- well, I'm watching the final episode of the season tonight. Ooh, so... Exciting. Yes, I am very excited. Um, but... With uh, my my family and I have been doing a lot of um, law theorizing and stuff, uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen cool. uh, with these last few episodes. So we've been talking a lot about the origins of the Cybermen. And so their origins is something that I really like that I haven't really seen being done anywhere else, mm. uh, where Cybermen are a human invention. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing of them is that it's just convergent evolution. That in yeah. all different timelines and all different universes, they're an inevitability. People will eventually create Cybermen because of this this universal trait that humans have of wanting to improve themselves once they develop the technology to do they, so. They really represent because they are a monster, which is really mm. interesting. Like Doctor Who, very little often they are always it, you. You never refer to them as like aliens. They're always monsters because it's always like an issue that mm. the Doctor is dealing with. Yeah, um, it's really interesting because they aliens aren't inherently bad. No, of the course. monsters are. Yeah, so they represent a fear that mm. um, I think is very prevalent in like modern society of like fear of technology. You know, they they, they, they represent like technophobia, like yep. fear of one day you know machines will take over, and I think that's very much manifested in a, in a modern. So, like, over time, they start off as just, like, Robot Scary. Yeah. You know, the first time I've been are hilarious. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah. And it's just, like, Robot Scary, because that was true back then. Mm-hmm. Now we're more comfortable with the concept of robots. Um, they represent, like, yeah, m- machines taking over. So yeah. That sort of thing. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, totally. They're the reason why I, I don't want AirPods. Something else that I really like about the Cybermen, and specifically David Tennant's iteration of the Cybermen. Yes. Don't like Matt Smith's version of them that much. I don't they, even remember Matt that's, Smith's version. That's okay. Oh, was that with the mistress no no, no, that's, no that's that was capaldi yeah um, that's when i stopped watching yeah um because with matt smith they got all sleek and fast and stuff and it kind of ruined what i liked about them was that that walk yeah the, like the yeah. heavy solid walk this the kind of inevitability yeah. of it which is yes, a nice motif sure. playing into the inevitability of their creation I, no it's it's thematically tied it's very good mm, it's good and they have brought that back a bit mm. they've kind of um got a nice mixture of a more modern looking Cyberman and an older looking one cool. it's cool and even in Capaldi's um, age they did um, an exploration into the creation of the Cybermen into that kind of thing which I think you would love awesome um, this is going to be a spoiler for some of the Capaldi season so if you care about that 
probably just stop listening. It's fine. No, people care. I care about spoilers. You shouldn't. Well, I do. So okay. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for accepting that. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. What happens in that is uh, there is a big, uh, yeah, big old exploration of Cyberman stuff and um, Bill, uh, the Doctor's companion at the time, mm-hmm. um, gets transformed into like the first Cyberman. Oh, cool! And so she has this complex of still having her mind, yeah, but then physically looking like this very, very old first era Cyberman mm. and people being terrified of her and when she speaks um, it like it's yeah. it's really really cool and it's a I like it really really goes into that fear side of it mm-hmm. um, and the fact that the way you kill a Cyberman is um, turning off the emotional inhibitor so that they can see what has become of right. their body and it just it breaks them. They just yeah. breaks them and they die. Yeah. Which is awesome. I just love them. They're yeah, just, they're cool. There's some really, really cool concepts in there that I um, I haven't seen before. And yeah. I like it. Yeah, for it's sure. It's cool. And I really, really hope this season is good. Yeah. Ends well. Ends well. Yeah. Which is important. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that is me. Do you have like anything it. you'd like to talk about? Nothing specific. Cool. Um, I... Yeah, I mean, I have tips and tricks. Cool, um, go for it. I recently was recommended. Um, I signed up to be a volunteer for the Newcastle Writers Festival. If you're awesome. around, definitely come to it because it's going to be cool. Um, it's Newcastle in Australia. Just no, yeah. Sorry to yeah. They're the least original name I've always said because it's very frustrating to start off with. Whenever you search something, it takes you to England. There's another Newcastle, and then also it's just Newcastle. We had a castle and we built another one. What do we call it? Yeah. Um, Newcastle <laughs> in New South Wales, which is double confusing. Um, anyway, uh, I mentioned in my like sign-up thing that I did a podcast and then the person I was talking to was really... The, the like head of the... I don't know. Oh, she might be listening to that. That's weird. The head of the um, volunteers. She's really cool. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> Cover all your bases. Yeah. Um, she's <laughs> awesome and really great. Um, very nice made me feel welcomed uh recommended writing excuses to me which is a fantastic podcast with authors that you may know such as brandon sanderson um who i've tried to read several times and bounced off of but will eventually read because he seems like a very cool guy i was drawn to the episodes that had patrick rothfuss on them because patrick rothfuss is incredible so cool Um, big fans big fans and he uh, was on the, one of the episodes was called Pros and Cons P-R-O-S-E Nice yeah, Good pun Nice good pun um, And I think cons might refer to conventions but I'm not sure because um, <laughs> uh, he talks about being at conventions um, and I got a bunch of tips and I'll probably save some of them I might mention two because there's a bigger one and a second one put them into my own words the first one was that you should recognize patterns before your audience does um, and then quell them where you don't intend them to be. So they were specifically talking about repetition, Mm -hmm. um, about how not only repetition within your own work, but if you are repeating a phrase that is common, you know. um, uh, So I I can't remember the example, but it was just something that is like, oh, you just don't understand me. Or like, I guess you don't understand me or something along Mm. those lines is a phrase that gets used in media all the time. And then they used this other example where it was like, you know, uh, the same concept 
but in new words. Yeah. And changing the phrasing so that it was intentional mm-hmm. uh, is what drew attention to it. So... Yeah, like not using uh, commonly used metaphors. For sure. That's, yeah, really something Although, I Although being aware for. of your commonly yes. used metaphors, because sometimes they fill the gap of... Like I, you know, I try to like write concisely. I try to write as short as possible mm. and efficiently without being dense and purple. Um, <clears throat> and to do that, purple prose, like overly complex prose. I don't know. I've been thinking about it phrased a lot. Anyway, okay. you made a face. I um, did make a face. Yes. Uh, so to do that, it's not about like adding the appropriate words in. Sometimes it's about cutting the unnecessary words mm-hmm. out. And if you can cut out a whole statement by just using a metaphor that everyone knows okay that's incredibly efficient Mm. Um, and that's where you're using pattern recognition to your advantage Um, when it is used against you like humans are incredible pattern recognizers that's Mm. most of reading is pattern recognition yeah because you know we're not actually seeing these images we're just seeing symbols that represent these images and then filling in the pattern of like "Hmm, i know what this means yeah um and so if you can use that to your advantage by being aware, like, hmm, I've used the same word three times, even twice I've used the same word, yeah. the audience is going to pick up on that. Mm. They're going to pick up on that and they're going to go, hmm, is this intentional? And if it's not, that's a problem. If yes. it is, that's awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if you look, go and listen to, yeah, episode uh, 15.06, season 15. Um, oh, season 14 is so up our alley. Because they spent, they said, I think the seasons are their years. Um, oh, cool. All of season 14, world building. Yes. All of season 14 was world yes. building. The whole year's Good. worth of world building stuff. Um, weekly podcast, I think. So I'm going to go and listen to that. Brilliant. So that was the big one, yeah, um, that I had. The second one was to do with, this may have been the one that I got from the revision episode. So I also listened to an episode about revision. It was really fascinating. But before you write, mm-hmm. be sure to reread. Um, so that you can get back into the headspace you were at um, last time you were writing. Um, yeah. If you you know go away and then you come back, you want to be in that space. So reread everything before that. And they all talked about... It was funny, all four or five of these authors went, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, and they all totally. had different reasons that they did it. Mm. Um, you know, so that you can solve the last problem you left off on or just like getting back into the headspace. Or Patrick Rothfuss talks about like he has a very specific way of writing his books and so to remember how to do that he talks about how he's a sponge and he absorbs all the things um so he's like I want to remember how I write yeah. so I need to read my own thing and then absorb yeah. that cool, cool, cool. and then one of the other authors on there whose name I don't remember talked about how I think just from the elocutionary force of her statement she must have written a book inspired by I think Jane Austen sort of stuff mm-hmm. Um, so she was saying that when she would write that book, she would read a chapter of Austen and then write a chapter of oh, her thing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so it wasn't like, you know, translate, like copying or whatever, no. but getting into the flow yeah. uh, and then writing and then getting into the flow again and then writing and like, just like, cool. I like that. that's honing a good idea. those muscles. Um, so reread um, before you write and mark down the edits while you go. Mm. Uh, one of the other authors talked about like swapping between the reading and absorbing and the marking and rewriting thing, two different minds. So don't edit as you're reading. Just read and mark down the edits and then go back and edit them mm. a second time. I don't know if that works for everyone. Other people might be like, oh, well, then I'll have to reread it again to get back into the flow when I'm editing. It's Yeah, it's it, it becomes complex there. Um, and they also just, like, super quick, when you go over your first draft, try and remove 10% because you're probably 10% unnecessary stuff. And I did that with a story that I'm working on at the moment um, mm. uh, when we were in a boring lecture um yep. and so yeah i just cut out 
as as much as I could of unnecessary stuff and I've just been like working on writing that story and I'm aware as I'm writing I'm like this is all stuff that's going to be cut <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yep. mm-hmm. but I need to get there so that I can have the the larger piece to chisel down to something better yeah totally um and it was interesting as well they talked about like if you are someone the rare kind of person who writes too little try and add 10 percent. Mm-hmm. and i thought that was interesting because it's like you add 10 percent so that you can then shave down yeah um okay cool yeah those Couple are some really good cool tips, tips. I, like I have more because this podcast is amazing go and listen to it cool writing excuses brilliant short 15 it's in the discord episodes. yep go and listen brilliant okay thank you everyone for tuning into this episode i uh, hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time peace Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.